Welcome to Sex Ed with DB. I'm your host, DB. Let's get into it. Welcome back to the podcast. If you love and support the work that we do, head to www.sexedwithdb.com and buy some of our hot new merch. Follow us on Instagram at sexedwithdbpodcast. And if you want to advertise with us, shoot us an email at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. In today's episode, I speak to Dr. Jerrica Kirkley, founder and chief medical officer of Plume. Plume is the first health technology company dedicated to the transgender community. Plume also radically redefines the way healthcare is delivered and works to ensure that every trans person in the U.S. has access to gender-affirming care at the convenience of a smartphone. Learn more at getplume.co. Listen up for my convo with Dr. Kirkley. I bet you baked all the bread and binged all the TV shows during quarantine. But have you created an exact copy of your genitals? Yeah, I didn't think so. Meet Clona Willy. Clona Willy and Clona Pussy are DIY molding kits that allow anyone to make an exact replica of a penis or vulva at home into a high quality sex toy or memento. Check them out at www.clonawilly.com and use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase. Follow them on Instagram at clonawillykit. Want to win a year's worth of free lube? Yeah, I'll bet you do. All you have to do is enter the secret code word into the UberLube Google form on our Instagram link tree, and bam, you're entered to win that sweet, sweet year's worth of lube. I'll bet you want to know what that code word is right about now, don't you? Okay, fine, I'll tell you, but don't tell anyone. The secret code word is slippery. Enter that word into the Google form on our Instagram link tree and you'll be entered to win. Good luck. Hello, Jericho. Welcome to the podcast. How's it going today? Good, DB. How are you doing? I'm glad to be here. I'm really excited about this and a big fan of the show. Oh, thank you so much. That's so sweet. Um, Let's kick it off by you telling us your name, your pronouns, and what you do. For sure. Uh, So I'm Jericho Kirkley. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. And I'm a physician, a trans woman, and I started a company, Plume, which is the first health technology company dedicated to the transgender community. And so we provide virtual gender affirming care. Lovely. Thank you so much. Um, What is your background and how did it lead to you founding Plume? Um, Yeah, so I'm a family physician by training. And, you know, even before I went into medical school, always, I think a passion of mine has just been trying to find ways to provide high quality healthcare for marginalized communities in whatever way that might look like. And um, for me, uh, you know, as a trans person, there's obviously a lot of overlap with gender affirming care as a, a medical practice. And when I finished medical school and went to residency, one of the first things that I got into um, outside of the general scope of family medicine and general practice um, was gender affirming care. And so when I was in residency, I helped develop a protocol um, and a curriculum around broader queer health, but a specific thing within that was gender affirming hormone therapy. And so that was the first time that I was able to clinically play a role as a medical provider. And it was just incredibly powerful to be a part of that process. You know, I think 
um, to be able to take part and support in any part of the the gender journey as we talk about is is really amazing. And then when you're doing it on the medical level, and there's just that you know that intimacy about it, and um, uh, and it's a really powerful connection that you develop between your patient. And so that was really my first time doing it. And then um, after finishing residency, continuing to do that in my practice, working as a primary care provider in a community health center. And, and doing a lot of teaching. So I've taught at community health centers, private clinics, academic institutions on gender affirming care and, and broadly, you know, what does that mean? But also specifically, how do different clinicians do that um, with hormone therapy? And throughout all this time, you know, I, uh, able to connect with amazing people and patients but inevitably people are falling through the cracks, you know, and that's again, working in a safety net setting, even to the point of starting clinics, starting free clinics dedicated to trans care and to trans folks. Um, but still it was hard to get people in. And what I was noticing that there seemed to be these three areas that kept coming up. And so one was an overwhelmingly negative care experience. If people weren't fortunate enough to have gender affirming, you know, competent providers, um, accessible to them. And then also geographic isolation. So a lot of times just, you know, not even near, um, really, uh, high quality medical care period, but especially along the lines that were gender affirming. Um, and, and then even in cases where there were those centers or those access points, really long wait lists. So, you know, because there's a lack of providers in these large metropolitan areas where there is a more, at least a higher density of providers, you know, it can be 12 to 18 months, even just to get into, have your first visit to start that process of, wow. of gender affirming hormone therapy. So I think seeing that over and over and over again, um, and then connecting with my business partner, Matthew, who's, who's also a physician, we were best friends from medical school. Uh, oh, so cute. Through, yeah. So through his journey, I mean, he, we've both been through many things together and I, and I think so we're absolutely like best friends and we were tied to the hip for a long time um, physically <laughs> and we've always stayed in touch. But we both just have this passion for how do we make healthcare, how do we make medicine better for both patients and for medical providers? Um, and he's had some experience in the virtual care world and um, different looking at creative models of how to just deliver healthcare in general. And we knew we needed a solution to these issues with the trans community. And so that's where we kind of put our passions together and we really wanted to figure out how we could do this in a virtual setting knowing that we could quickly eliminate a lot of the barriers that existed um, and then really set up a good foundation for continuing to decrease and eliminate other barriers as we go. Amazing. Wow, wow, wow. And that's really, really neat that you have this background in teaching and have this background in community health and have been on the ground with people hearing their struggles and kind of hearing what they need. And I think that that's a really powerful way for you to create plume and like for you to really understand what is is missing for those folks so that's really really awesome um so let's get into it what what is plume like on, on you know you kind of explain like the mission but how does it work and who is it for for sure so um plume is dedicated to the trans community so it, and i use that term very broadly so anybody who is trans gender not conforming non-binary um you know basically not cis and is looking for the assistance or the support of hormone therapy uh, to help affirm their gender and, you know, whatever that might look like. Um, and I do differentiate that because there are, you know, obviously there's a medical component of care for cis folks, um, which we call HRT or hormone replacement therapy. Oftentimes <clears throat> folks for menopause uh, care 
um, or replacement of testosterone. And the term that we that we like to use and that's being used more and more commonly in, in the trans community and in the literature is gender affirming hormone therapy or GAHD to differentiate from HRT, which again, it, it typically is um, at least traditionally referred to those types of services, but has been adopted by the trans community. Um, so yeah, so anybody between the ages of 18 and 65 who is seeking gender affirming hormone therapy. Um, and the reason we have those age limitations right now are really more related to just logistical legal issues that we hope to um, overcome as we go along. Uh, but there's, uh, for example, we're a cash-based uh, model. And so we did that purposefully to provide a lot of access, knowing that insurance is a barrier to getting people into care. Um, but Medicare has some restrictions around cash payment. Uh, and there's a lot of um, consent navigation that occurs if you're under 18. And then every single state has a different definition of minor consent and adult consent. Um, and so that, again, is something that we'll, we're working on um, figuring out and looking into that, but um, hard to just launch into it right away. So, yeah, between the ages of 18 uh, to so 18 to 64, uh, transgender not conforming identified and seeking hormone therapy. Awesome. And you keep kind of bringing up like whatever it looks like for them. Like, could you kind of give like an example of maybe how it mm -hmm. could could look like for one person, then that those needs could be drastically different for another? For sure. And I guess just briefly to overview, like what we actually do. So um, again, we are a virtual model and what that looks like. So instead of walking into your physical clinic, you go to a website, right? And so you learn about us. Um, you can instantly download, we fill out a couple questions on the website, download our free, uh, secure HIPAA compliant app um, on your phone, and then you can immediately start communicating with your care team. And so we take you through an onboard process, which is filling out consent forms, uh, medical intake forms. So a lot of the things that you would do in a physical setting, but you can do it wherever you are. We people go through this onboarding process, obviously a lot of people in their homes, um, but on the bus, you know, in their cars, work breaks, smoke breaks, you know, you name it, like people are doing this everywhere. Um, and within 15 to 20 minutes, you can get to scheduling an appointment. And uh, in all that time, you have access to our live care coordinator team, which can answer questions that come up. Um, and then within a few days, uh, in most cases, you can be seen by your uh, medical provider. And after that initial, which is a video visit, um, decide your care plan. And that same day, have your prescription sent to the pharmacy. Um, we're working on actually starting a mail order pharmacy service that will be um, oh, wow. up in action soon. Uh, so more to come on that. But um, yeah, and then for follow-up, we make it really easy. I and mean, we really try to make this as easy and convenient as possible. So instead of, again, having to call a clinic, uh, be on hold, schedule an appointment, get an appointment in three weeks and then forget what you wanted to talk about in the first place, you know, you just text us. So literally, like whether that's 50 questions or one question a week. Um, just text us in between our care coordinators and all of our medical providers. We'll uh, get back to you immediately and take care of, of your questions. So that's kind of the, and we, and we check labs regularly. I mean, obviously we want to do this safe. Um, we monitor you on a regular basis and can get those lab results to you also asynchronously or via texting. Um, so you don't have to have scheduled visits to make sure you're in the loop on your health information. Awesome. Amazing. Wow. And like you said, I mean, for everyone involved in 
the health, the current model of the way that healthcare works, and especially trans folks, it is very, very challenging to be seen when you need to be seen. Um, I know for me personally, like before the pandemic, I was planning on getting an IUD inserted and oops, Uh the clinic like closed. And then I went home to California to my parents and then oops, it's been six months. So like I, you know, if I, if I was not lucky enough where, you know, I have access to purchase other birth control or, you know, my Uh mom is an OBGYN, she could have prescribed me something else. You know, there's a lot of privilege that comes along with having obviously like money and access in that way. And for many, many folks, that is not the case, and especially during the pandemic. So really, really um, good timing, I think, also to be uh, providing this kind of service. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, you know, it's a great point um, that there's a lot of external factors which influence our access to services. And so I think what we're trying to do is really um, be independent as much as possible of all those external factors and, um, and be a stable uh, access point for as many people as possible. And, and to get back to your question of, you know, how can it look differently for different people, right? And yeah, and then, then the awesome thing about, you know, the whole gender journey is it does look differently for everybody. Um, there's certainly some overlaps and there's some parallels. And, but within that, they're, they're, everybody has their own unique journey. And we really try to recognize that at Plume and, um, and find, you know, find the plan as far as hormones go that works best for you. And so it's not to say that there's like a hormone regimen that is specific to any identity. It doesn't matter what your identity is. It's really what are your goals? You know, what's kind of your vision within this and how can we support you to get there? So whether that's being on one end or the other of a dosing spectrum, uh, using different forms of medications, whether that be like injection or gels or patches, you know, we really try to just take an individualized approach with with all our patients and and figure out what works best. Um, so it, it can look pretty different, um, and we, you know, that's why we we talk with you and figure out what you what you want that to look like. Yeah, what's can you tell me a little bit more about like the the kind of like um, chatting with like patients about that and like how how you kind of developed like the the questions or kind of like the 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 points that you ask them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think what we try to hone in on is, um, well, well, first, I think we always want to set the expectation. It's hard to know exactly like how every body is going to change with a medication. Right. But generally speaking, we, we can kind of know based on the, the root of the medication, like what form of medication is being taken, what the medication is and the dose of it more or less like what will be the rate of physical change, for example. You know, and there's a lot of changes that occur. There's physical change, there's emotional change, there's, and there's a lot of reasons why those changes occur. But if we just say, you know, physical, for example, um, trying to figure out what those goals are. You know, some people want to take, for example, a particularly low dose, or a lot of us in the community call that microdosing, you know, which is taking a low dose of a medication to maybe achieve a minimal change, so to speak, or, or to a certain point. Um, and so that might guide again, like our, our dosing, um, versus those who are, you know, kind of like, well, I just want to change however my body will allow, you know, given my own individual biology. Um, and then we kind of look for perhaps a different dosing range to achieve that, um, within, within safe parameters, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that's one way it can vary. I mean, like I mentioned, there's there's emotional changes that occur too, which is one of the really cool parts. Um, 
I, I think we've seen a lot of folks who do, especially when they're starting, but even those who are continuing and for various reasons, like you mentioned, had to stop their therapy because they lost access to their provider because of COVID or, or moves. I mean, that happens all the time. People move and then they lose access. Um, uh, in restarting, you know, there's just, there's, there is like this big, I think, emotional uh, and mood change. And oftentimes for the positive, you know, an improvement that occurs um, because of the anxiety that comes around not having access, desiring it, maybe not knowing uh, much about it, and then finally learning about it and being able to start or continue uh, or restart, as the case may be. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of emotional security that comes with that, too. Very cool. And what do you think, I guess, what can and or should gender-affirming care look like for trans folks? I mean, I guess, I guess that question is just out of, like, what are all the things that people have done wrong and how can you at Plume, um, how are you working, I guess, to like improve those challenges? Yeah. You know, I think to get to, um, well, maybe the three points that I brought up at the beginning is like, um, you know, generally negative care experiences, lack of providers, geographic isolation and, and long wait times. So, you know, let's see if we can like make all those better. Um, and I think, you, you know, you decrease the wait times by having something that is virtual and app-based. So it's not dependent on a patient traveling to somewhere or having to be in a specific location um, to get to it. And then having, but also the virtual, what that allows us is to accrue a big team of, of medical providers from all over the country, right? So we can cover a lot of ground um, and have a lot of accessibility. Uh, and so, you know, flexible scheduling and that kind of thing. So that helps people get in the door sooner. Um, you know, in regards to the care experience, we really put an emphasis on on that. You know, I mean, there, so there's a couple components. One is clinical knowledge, right? And so you just have to have the clinical knowledge and comfort to prescribe hormones um, and to do it in a way that's safe and um, and meets people where they are. But in order, so yeah, so there has to, you have to find the folks that have the knowledge. And so that's a key piece. But even beyond the knowledge, there is um, that, what we call more the cultural competence or the empathy, right? And that comes about a variety of ways. I think, you know, one thing that we really pride ourselves on is having a company that is filled with trans people. You know, over half of the entire employee base is trans and over 80% of our clinical team between our clinicians being our physicians, nurse practitioners, nurses, and care coordinators are trans, right? And from every, all those levels. Um, so, so just, there is a ton of value alignment that comes from walking into a space or virtually entering a space with a person who immediately, again, while every journey is unique, but like gets immediately you. Has, gets you, right? Like, you know, and I think you could layer that onto any identity, whether that's gender-based or racial-based or, you know, whatever the case may be, body-based, um, but just like talking to a person that in some ways and in many ways really does get you and knows where you're coming from. Um, so I think combining all those pieces together is what in our eyes like makes the, the most affirming care process uh, possible. Yeah. Excellent. And we're going to get a little science-y here regarding like G-A-H-T. Is that how you said mm -hmm. it? Okay. Yeah. Um, so how how does it work like in the body? Like what, 
you're you're a doctor. Tell me some <laughs> tell me some doctor things about like how how it physically like works in your body and and kind of on TikTok I feel like it's really popular right now to as a millennial I am the person who should be telling you what's on TikTok, but I'm on it a lot. <laughs> and um there's a lot of videos of like here's me like one week on tea. Here's me two yeah. weeks on tea. Here's me three weeks on tea and you can very clearly like see body changes and hear voice changes. And obviously, like you said, it depends on the person, but I'm kind of curious about how those changes actually happen. Yeah. Um, so to break it down, I guess, into two main branches, we, we like to use terms we call testosterone-based therapy and estrogen-based therapy or estrogen plus. Um, we say that specifically because we're <clears throat> trying to get it from, away from language that genders anybody inappropriately, right? <clears throat> so somebody might be on a testosterone-based regimen, which doesn't necessarily identify as male or masculine, and also vice versa. Um, and so, but those are kind of the two main branch points. Um, testosterone-based therapies, I mean, that is a little bit more simple in most cases, usually consists of testosterone. There's a couple other things we might use to supplement or help with some effects of testosterone, but in terms of encouraging the changes, it's really driven by testosterone. Um, on the estrogen side, it can look a lot of different ways. I'd say for many people, uh, estrogen is kind of the backbone of that. And then we um, oftentimes use what we call testosterone blockers. So the idea is build up your estrogen and bring down the testosterone or block the effects of it. Um, but it can look like any combination thereof where some folks might want to just focus more on the testosterone blocking side. Some people just want to be just on estrogen. But so what happens in the body, of course, is a little different depending on which of those branches that you're in. Um, but, uh, but effectively, you know, it's, the, it's kind of reversing to a certain extent the process which has taken place thus far, assuming somebody has gone through and completed, you know, uh, an initial puberty um, based on the hormones that they were born with. And so it's, yeah, you can kind of think of it as a reversal. So we're on the testosterone side, we're of course introducing testosterone into the body um, on levels that in a lot of cases the body has not seen before. And so it's going to cause, so testosterone-based changes can look like um, things like beard growth, for example, uh, voice deepening, um, redistribution of body fat so that it's uh, maybe more centrally as opposed to on the outside of the body. Um, and, to, and muscle mass increase. It's a lot easier to gain muscle with larger amounts of testosterone in the body than without. So, so those are kind of some of those changes that, um, physical changes anyway, that people can experience. With estrogen, there's a little bit more to it. So we certainly are, in most cases, again, giving estrogen to bring those levels into um, what brings about estrogen-based changes. Um, but testosterone is very, very powerful. And so I think for the same reason that a lot of folks taking testosterone experience change very quickly, um, depending on their dose, uh, it can be hard to experience change with estrogen until you get that testosterone down. And so estrogen is the component which lowers testosterone down over time. But we do have, again, these testosterone blockers that while they're not necessarily affecting the levels of testosterone, um, but blocking the effects in the body. So kind of a two-pronged approach of block testosterone, give estrogen. And then the changes you can see are the opposite of what I already mentioned, of course, right? So um, decreased uh, facial hair growth or coarse hair growth in the body, um, uh, you know, redistribution of body fat so that it does tend to be more on the outside of the body versus the middle of the body. 
um, growth um, on the top of the body, on the chest. Um, so there, um, and then maybe a little bit uh, decreased muscle mass or just like not as quickly gaining muscle. Um, and so that's uh, a little bit of an overview of some of those changes that you'll see. Yeah, that's awesome. I feel like that is very much something that we all should be learning in sex education. Um, but, you know, we know how bad it is. Um, but that's yeah. really helpful to to give a reminder for folks. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about the cost associated with being a member of Plume. So I would love to know that as well as how it compares to folks without insurance or with other insurance as well. Yeah. So with Plume, it's a flat fee of $99 a month. And so what that's including um, are the things that I've talked about before. So the um, initial evaluation, you know, a visit, a one-on-one -on -one visit with a clinician who is an expert in the field um, and regular lab monitoring. So that cost includes all of your labs, which are typically done every three months. Um, and if there's repeat labs needed, it would sooner than that, it would cover that as well. And then immediate access to your care team at all times. So key difference from the traditional setting, you don't have to call or schedule a visit. Um, you just, it's unlimited questions that you have that are texted and directly seen or immediately seen and responded to. Um, how that compares to the general landscape. Now, it does vary whether you have insurance or don't have insurance. <clears throat> now, if you don't have insurance, um, I mean, like usually in best case scenario, and this always depends on <clears throat> what, it, what you have access to, uh, but could be looking at over $2,000, like $2,200 is what we found about the average out-of-pocket cost without insurance a year. Now, obviously, we're setting a point that is significantly lower than that. And we did that on purpose um, because we, you know, trying to find that balance of something that sustains the model, sustains the care process. Of course, you know, we're employing lots of trans people. We want to pay trans people to do this work and, and they do it well, um, but also make it accessible to, to patients signing up for care. Um, with insurance, uh, varies a little bit, um, but even with insurance, you could be looking at costs of $500 to $1,500 plus a year just without, um, you know, deductibles, uh, not meeting deductible, co-pays, uh, out-of-pocket costs that are associated with insurance. And so <clears throat> that's kind of where it breaks down. We actually have a nice little price comparison tool on our website. So if you go to getplume.co, um, you can click on that. And you'll see the breakdown of what that looks like for different scenarios and even like with different kind of plans, insurance plans. And that's the other thing, right? Insurance is quite varied in this country. There are many uh, payers. So, right, your Aetna, your Blue Cross, your Anthem um, and uh, Cigna, list goes on. And within each of those payers, they have multiple plans between like bronze, silver, gold, gold plus, you know, um, and so that that also can add a lot of variance. But that's generally speaking about what the costs look like in the current landscape. Awesome. Yeah, that's really great. And for sure, it's very clear that your team and you have been very thoughtful about accessibility. And especially with, like you said, folks without insurance, for that to be a 50% or more decrease in them to be able to access that care is really, really incredible. Um, this has been amazing. We have one last question. Um, and I would love to know where do you see Plume going? Um, I know that it's like relatively new, right? Um, I would love to know like how you want it to grow. 
um, kind of where you see it in the next five, 10 years and, and what your goals are as a company? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, one one thing that plays into that, and just to tag on to the last question, is when it comes to accessibility, I mean, we really do want to do everything we can to be accessible to, to literally everybody. Uh, we know that $99 a month isn't accessible to everybody across the board. And so some of the things that we've done, and we want to build on this, is creating access funds. And so we've done that with a couple organizations, You Are Essential, is a fund that's specifically dedicated to Black trans folks, um, and then Point of Pride is a, which is, and I should say, you are essential is trans founded, um, and then also a Point of Pride, another uh, trans founded organization nonprofit, is we actually have a hormone therapy access fund through them to, which helps navigate the you are essential fund, but also just more broadly um, reach anybody who's who's trans and needs help with pain for hormones. Um, and so, yeah, so we're always looking for creative ways to provide um, provide access beyond even our, our typical payment structure. Um, things beyond that, I mean, honestly, we want to, um, you know, we want to be a voice and a resource for wherever trans people are. And whether that's navigating your hormone therapy journey um, or or something else along that, that gender journey. And I think there's a lot of points that we can be involved um, and really try to decrease pain and decrease trauma along that way. You know, there's whether it's even just getting a letter um, for a surgery sometimes or getting the documents you need for to change your name legally or to change your gender marker legally, which we're already helping with all those processes. Um, yeah, I mean, like just having a guide through that can be can be amazing. And speaking to somebody who's gone through all that. Um, and, and at certain points along the way had more or less help and guidance and, and it makes a, dram a dramatic difference. I think we also recognize, you know, the, especially now more than ever, um, mental health is so important for all of us. And so we're actually actively researching ways. Uh, we recently sent out a survey, um, of how we can best approach providing access to services for mental health for trans people and, you know, and really trying to find the nuances there, recognizing that it. Um, that journey um, of mental health could look different for different people. Um, so really trying to hone in on what is most valued by our members and by our community um, and trying to build services around that. So the, the mental health behavioral health space is definitely something we'll be moving into. Um, and beyond that, I think, yeah, just like trying to find um, really any points in that gender journey, uh, whether prescription or non-prescription that we can be a part of and help support. Amazing. Thank you so, so much for being on. This was such a special episode. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome, DV. No, I really enjoyed being here. Let's talk about why Uber Lube is one of my absolute favorite lubes. It provides a long-lasting performance that lets skin feel skin. It has simple body and condom-friendly ingredients. It dissipates when no longer needed, so there's no sticky residue. And it's recommended by leading doctors. They're also partnering with us to give a few lucky listeners free lube for a year. Enter the secret code word SLIPPERY into the Google form on our Instagram link tree. And use promo code SEXEDDB for 10% off your purchase with free shipping at www.uberlube.com. If you're someone in a long-distance relationship, quarantine can be especially difficult without your boo. What if you could have an exact replica of your partner's penis or vulva to use as a sex toy? While the year 2020 certifiably blows, at least we have Clonawilly to make our LDR dreams come true. Intrigued? Learn more at www.clonawilly.com. 
and use promo code SEXED20 for 20% off your purchase. Our creator, co-producer, sound engineer, and host is me, Danielle Bezalow, aka DB. Our co-producer and communications lead is Catherine Cohen. Our main logo and banner graphic were created by Andrea Forgotch. Our social media intern is Leslie Lopez. Our music theme is by Hook Sounds. Our ad music is by my stepdad, Bill Gant. Thank you so much to our featured guests, partners, and our listeners. If you're interested in advertising with us, email us at sexedwithdb at gmail.com. For more sex ed content, follow us on Insta at sexedwithdbpodcast. Tune in next time.